Visions of Grandeur, episode four. Four. We made it to four. <laughs> four. I'm Lady Naomi. And this is... Chrissy Marie. Hey, Chrissy Marie. How you doing? Fantastic. So, episode four. Yeah, what we made it. What are we talking it. about? We, oh, so today we are talking about money for art. Money for art. Yeah, which, you know, for me includes how do you value art? How do you, like, how much do you decide to pay for art but also in your case as a, a very accomplished photographer very taking <laughs> you are <laughs> taking payment for that and Ooh. and how you value your creation of art so i'm really really keen to have a quite a, a nice conversation around this well i don't know about that uh, well you start <laughs> well I'm, i recently purchased a work of art actually I've been on a bit of a roll lately but I a bit <laughs> it's locked down because COVID listen to me when she says a bit she means a lot no well at the beginning of the year we went to this fantastic gallery called SMAC gallery yeah, yeah. in Tyres Hill in Newcastle yeah is it Tyres Hill or Wickham Oh, it, it could in be Elizabeth either. Street. Yeah, yeah. But so we went to this amazing uh, exhibition that was like a mix of different artists, and I found this amazing artist, Sarah Davy, uh, and she makes jewellery. But she's also most recently started painting, and there was this this piece of of art that I walked huge, up to. It was, it was huge big. piece of art, and it, it was you know titled something like "Passing Storm" or "The Passing Storm," and and literally when I looked at it, there was like this static electricity, and the hairs on my neck stood up, and I was just like I could feel the storm, and I could smell the rain, and it was just such an emotional connection with this piece of art. And I was like, man, I, I need to have this. And mm. so for me, I. I paid what what I thought was quite a fair price for this this piece of art and it's amazing and has pride of place at my home and then fast forward you know 10 months through COVID that kind of thing um and we returned to the gallery Mm, gallery same gallery where Sarah had a solo exhibition so uh walked in and and this is I the universe really does take care of us with this stuff. So the the doorway to her workspace was open. Had been a left jar. open. It wasn't meant to be left open, but it had been left open. And there was a, a piece An amazing of amazing <laughs> piece hanging on the wall. <laughs> and and at the time it was like the same colours as my hair. Like it was all purples and, and it was just amazing. Because that's a valid reason to buy her. It's the same colour as your hair. Well that's you know everything I'd buy would be grey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, but I digress. Yes, the door was ajar and I remembered seeing it and went, oh, I think I jabbed you in the ribs and then you went, oh. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then I had to ask Sarah, was it for sale? Mm. Why wasn't it Two questions. Was it finished? Was it for sale? Yeah. And the question was yes, or the answer was yes to both of those things. So, um, yeah, I... Had a look around the rest of the exhibition and went, oh, I want that one. <laughs> want that one? I want that one. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I'm a bit of a bit of a fan. I, I really love her her work, and I've I've always loved like cloud porn. You know, like when mm-hmm. you have beautiful sunsets mm-hmm. or sunrises and that kind of thing. And her art is just it's it's the most amazing cloud porn type of type of painting. I yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, and, and so again, for me, I kind of go, I, I have a level of comfort around what I pay for art mm-hmm. and I go, yes, that's cool. And then um, there was a, 
an art auction recently where I had put in a bid on, on what I thought was a really quirky, fun piece of art. It, it, it's a an interesting piece. Yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of made reference to life during COVID and I thought it was a really nice kind of piece to have um, in, in my house. And but something's happened since. <laughs> it's kind of funny though because with it being an auction, I, I kind of go, well, you know, you, you see the prices go up and, and people – uh, obviously fall in love with their piece of art and they they then set their limits in terms of how much that piece of art means to them. And this piece of art that I ended up being the successful bidder on, I was I was stoked. Like I it wasn't cheap cheap, but I was really impressed that I'd been able to get an original local piece of art for for what I thought was a great price and in my excitement I reached out to the artist and went oh my god like I I I got your piece I bought your piece at this auction da 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 and obviously he didn't share my enthusiasm for the price or or for the sale of it or you got a very unusual response didn't you (laughs) he was he was upset that it hadn't sold previously for more um and and that kind of got me thinking about this subject to kind of go, well, how much is art worth and how, who gets to determine what art's worth? Well, that's a really interesting concept. What is artwork? So I recently did a online, you know, COVID-based um, <laughs> webinar with a, a Central Coast woman and it was about art and it primarily the creative arts, not photography. She wasn't particularly talking about photography. But in the subject of how do you value your art, her response was you charge what you hope people will pay for it. Yeah. And I thought, well, there probably is no other mechanism for working that out. No. So, you know, a lot of work is undervalued mm-hmm. and and a lot of people's work is overvalued. So it's whatever you can afford to pay and feel comfortable with paying, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, so I, I too have a couple of Sarah Davy pieces and they're, they're beautiful and they were within my budget and they have pride of place here in the podcast room. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. But that's not the only artist I've, I've bought. Mm. So I bought a Susan Weaver one day when <laughs> I'd gone to the dentist <laughs> and I had a pocket full of money. And when I got to the dentist, I'd been told his wife had gone into labour and he couldn't do me that day. And what a so, shame. Yeah. Exactly. No dentist for you today. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, so driving home, I spent the money that I had in my pocket for the dentist on a Susan Weaver painting because I drove past her gallery and it was open, which was really rare. So the planets had aligned. <laughs> and I went and I saw this piece on the wall called Dusk and Oh, I just had to have it. And I've got, oh, well, how much is this? And it was exactly what I thought I would be paying the dentist. Wow. And I've gone, well, that's it. That's that's the key. It had to be had. It, yep. was, it had to be mine. Yeah. And I think that's where the universe sort of takes care of you with those kind of purchases or those kinds of acquisitions. And it's really interesting that, yeah, again, for me, that the door was left open that particular day mm. to see the mm. artwork and that, your dentist's wife went into labour and, and yeah. the, the money was exactly the same. So yeah. But it's it's more than that. It's it's not it's not the dollars. It's like, oh, can I live without it? Oh yeah. And sometimes the answer is no. I really can't live without it. 
I want that in my life. Yeah. But it's that's different to how I value my own work. Which, which I, I find really interesting. Which is really quite odd. So I, I have a bit of a system where if if so I'm a photographer, which I have a studio at home, and if you ask me uh, to take your photograph, I'm I'm happy to do that, but I will ask for a donation. Um, but if I ask you, then there's no fee. Uh, I do that for free. I am often offered paid work, mm. and I don't like paid work. Paid work takes away the joy. Of photography for me it puts pressure on me to reach a particular standard mm. and yeah it just ruins it it's interesting isn't it yeah do you, do you think that painters feel the same way about that or people using no, other media I, no i think no perhaps not because well i don't know if if you asked a painter for a commissioned piece how would they determine the price i mean it's not obviously on the cost of the materials no no, and that's why I find really curious because <laughs> as far as our family photos go, there was that one time when I had paid another photographer to take photos and you're horrified. You're absolutely horrified. horrified. But then when I offered you the same amount for you to take our family pictures. Yeah, I don't like, want your money. Oh my God. No, I wouldn't. I would never charge you that. No. So I find that really – because I, I – I look at the beautiful collection of, of photographs both with us together but also of my children individually that you've taken over the years and I would pay you double, three times what what, what it would What you cost. pay me now. <laughs> so, so three times nothing is nothing. But no, I don't do it for the money. I know, but for I, me it's I, – I have no other way to be able to express to you – how much the capturing of those images or how much the freezing of time means to me and my family to have that snapshot of us in that moment. But I know that. <laughs> I know that. I don't. It doesn't need to have dollars attached to it. <laughs> Do you think that, that Van Gogh is like that or the estate of Van Gogh is kind of like, no, nah, it's cool. We know you love it. So you just you have that one on the house. Different story. He, he got into art very late in life. Yeah. He was 28 before he started painting <laughs> and he only painted for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think he – I think he sold a couple of works, mm -hmm. but nothing while he was alive. Yeah. Do you think other artists, though, barring, you know, the famous ones, other artists are like, oh, I can see how much this piece of work really means to you. Go ahead and have it. Yeah, I guess there are people out there, yeah. You don't? No, I don't. I don't for a second. <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry. I do. I'm cynical when it comes to – because I, I think that – in my experience in looking at, at buying art and, and that kind of thing and, and not in any kind of professional highbrow way. It's like I just like pictures. Like I see something and go, I really like that. It's not – You're I, not buying for an investment. You're buying for the love of it. That's exactly – I don't well, have that, a strategy that, that's of – That's the only way of doing it. Surely. But, yeah. But there's other people who do make solid investment decisions around art and that's the bit I can't but then they're not really buying the art they're buying an investment it's like buying a, a bar of gold or buying a share they don't care what it looks like yeah do they or don't they no I don't think they do I don't I think you can oh I don't know 
If, if you're cashed up and you have <laughs> artwork as an investment, you'd like to weigh in on Can this you let subject. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Because we're, we're not coming from this, from a place of acquiring wealth or, or having a piece of art so that it can grow in value over time. Mm. We, we just love pretty things. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I recently was a finalist in the photography awards uh, for a Queensland art gallery. And I've, I've only entered a couple of competitions and I've been really fortunate in winning a couple. And this one, I didn't, I became a finalist. I was very happy with that. But I had to provide a matted mounted framed image and put a price on it mm. because it had to be for sale. And I thought, oh, there's a hard one. You know, the it was a selfie, so I didn't really pay the model. <laughs> She's hot though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was really hard to put a dollar number, a dollar figure on it. Yep. So I, I chose a figure that I thought was reasonable for the size of the image hmm. but obviously no one else thought it was reasonable because it wasn't sold yeah i, I don't know whether or not that's the price or the the content like no there's no <laughs> there's absolutely no offense there no one wanted a picture of esme <laughs> and i think that's it like had of your picture been of a sunset or of a mountain or of a puppy dog then people might have like because I wall art as opposed to a portrait. That's yeah, the thing, totally. Because I think portraits are a really personal thing. Like yeah. on marketplace, for example, there are some beautiful paintings and pictures, and I look at them, but it's of a child, and I'm like, I don't know who that person is, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not going to have a picture of someone else's child hanging on my wall, no matter how adorable it may be. Well, there's two points come from that. One is I recently. Um, purchased a portrait by a woman called Jessica Gilbert of herself. Yeah. And I love it, but you don't like it. I don't. I don't. I no. I love it. And it, it too is hanging in, in, in the, the podcast, podcast room. <laughs> but art isn't – like we, we recently did a pottery class together as a gift from you. Yep. And that was – the value of that art mm. was different again yeah. because it made us feel incredibly creative only to find, yeah, perhaps we're not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it was the feeling that was the feeling that we had that uh, level of skill yep. that we obviously didn't have. <laughs> we're enthusiastic. <laughs> we were enthusiastic. <laughs> Um, and is that the value of art? Is it the way it makes you feel as opposed to what it costs from your normal weekly paycheck? Yeah. And I also think too, though, that it kind of taps into those those gremlins on our shoulders that we have where it's the self-doubt and that super hypercritical stuff that we do to ourselves. Oh, they were pretty loud after the pottery class. <laughs> but again, like we do that to ourselves in normal life, but it's also really present when we're creating stuff. And mm. I think that's where... When you speak about your photography and your, you know, you do it for you and, and the love of that, but it's when it's someone else's expectation or someone else's checklist of what they need or want it to be, that there's a, a fear that that won't align and, and that's where your concerns come in about taking money for, or, or, you know, doing a, a paid gig or that kind of thing. I think that, yeah, it, it's that criticism that we just heap on ourselves mm. to go, this is going to be bad, you're going to fail. Um, Do you remember is... the two Stephanies? 
<laughs> we're going here. We're going there. We're going there. We're sharing this. So together we occasionally advertise for someone to come in and, you know, pop on a frock and we'll take some photos. So at one stage we had two people, both called Stephanie, both respond. And neither of them use those images afterwards yeah and i think that's it so we've, we've shot together quite a few times in terms of where you'll put a call out for a model or, or someone will approach you and ask whether or not you would like to take some photos with of mm. them and, and do like mm. a bit of a collaboration and it is really interesting the number of times where we will finish up a shoot and, and even though we've shot the same person in the same setting we end up with two very different um oh, end products like absolutely. i absolutely i love that but the stuff typically that, say, we might feel really we love and, and that doesn't then translate for the model or mm. for the, the person who sat for the, the shoot. And I, I think that's, yeah, for me a little bit, if they're not posting the pictures and saying how much they love them, then that's a lack of validation for me to kind of go, oh, you haven't you haven't gotten that right or they weren't good photos. No matter how, how much I might love the photos, if the person who's actually in them isn't going, oh, I'm overjoyed, then mm. yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting though because it might just be that they're keeping them for private. They might have gotten a, you know, a 10 foot by 10 foot poster blown up for their home because they love them, but we just don't have that visibility over it on social media. Oh, maybe that is it. Yeah. And, there, and there are different ways that people use images. Like not everyone uses Instagram, although I don't know many of those freaks of nature. <laughs> uh, no, it's, and I often find people to shoot from Instagram or from Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, both of those surprised me mm. that nothing came of those images. And I know there's one of, there's one image that just really, yeah, so I don't really know why that is. But I, on the whole, when people do sit for me, I'm really impressed by the complimentary comments that their friends and followers make afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's the gift that you have, though, in particular, is that you make people, normal people, look their best, shinier selves. I think that's the ultimate gift in the work that you do is it's very easy for a, a beautiful young woman to be made to look like a beautiful young woman in a photo. Oh, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you can't make an 18-year-old look hot, you give your camera away, mate. That's that's it. Whereas it's, you make people the... my age and, and people who, you know, may have put on a whole heap of weight or, you know, um, changed their physical appearance in some way actually feel really good about themselves. And I think that's... Oh, that's I really gift. like to photograph people who don't like to be photographed. Yes. Yep. I don't know why that is, but it's all to do with, you know, trying to get the best from them when they don't really want to be in your studio at all. Yeah. It's because you're that people person. Yeah, I'm a people like... person. I'm a bit, <laughs> bit of a people person. You like people. And I probably spend an equal amount of time talking as I do shooting. Yeah. But, but that takes us away a long way away from our subject of the day which is the value of art and how do you value art yeah how do you value it so bring us home how do you in a nutshell value art what is the value of art well the value of art to me is what i can gift right okay what is the value of art to you the value i i think it's the flip side of, of what you'd learn in your course is the value of art is what you're willing to pay for it 
Mm. You know, it's, what someone else is willing to pay for it. That's well for me. It's like if I see a work of art and and I in my own mind put my price on it, and then if it works out to be less than that, guess what's coming home with me? Mm. If it works out to be more than that, it's it's kind of, it's like when you're in a store and you see a really cute dress and you're like. Oh my God, what a cute dress. And then you flick the tag around. And in that moment, you get to decide just how cute that dress is. (laughs) I think art is very much the same. It's you've got that that price point. You go, yes, this is worth it. And this is, uh, again, for me personally, uh, I, I'm not I'm not an art critic. I'm not an art investor or anything like that. But it's really, for me, it's it's what I am willing to pay for it. That's that's where the value is. Well, then how do you commission a piece then? I don't do you have your set dollar limit? And, hey, will you paint me a 50 by 40? What will that cost? But what if when it's painted, you don't like it? That's why I've never done that, actually. So I... Oh, well, there's your homework. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I've done something a little bit similar, though. So there is an amazing Central Coast artist called Neil Joseph. And I have admired his work for years, like probably 10 years. And there was, he used to have a studio at Terrigal when I lived at Terrigal. And I remember just like lazily walking in there one day and, and he sort of, the thing I love about his work is that he makes it really accessible for a whole range of people. So there was, he does his prints, he does his originals uh, and he does commission work, but he also does... Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's a glycy, uh, where it's essentially it's a photographic print. Well, it's, it's he takes the print, but then he paints over, over or oh, paints okay. certain sections over it. So you kind of get the look and feel of this beautiful original piece of art, but it's something that he's already produced. And mm. so I found that was a really beautiful middle ground. I I think when I finished teaching I want to say there was to be some degree you were doing there was a moment in my life where I wanted to to celebrate or mark that so I I bought a piece of art that was a scene of Terrigal Beach Mm -hmm. and then like cute story alert my husband he was my boyfriend then when he proposed to me he took me to the spot on the beach that would have given you the exact same perspective of that like absolutely adorable and then many, many years later for my dad for Father's Day, birthday, Christmas, sort of a combined big gift, I, I did the same again with another piece from... You proposed from your ne- father? <laughs> what? No, I did the same what? with a, another piece of Neil Joseph art, which was uh, a series he'd done in, in the vineyard. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that and a nice bottle of wine for my dad. So for me, I... I a bit of a control freak. I know everyone's shocked. <laughs> that collective gasp that just, <gasps> what? Uh, define a bit. <laughs> but I, I could not commission a piece of work. I, yeah, I don't. I want, I'm the kind of person literally watching a movie the other night and I'm on Wikipedia to find out how it ends. I just, I don't, I'll sit and watch the rest of the movie. I don't mind. I just need to know how it's going to end. So okay. I need, yeah, <laughs> I, I need that assurance that I'm going to like the thing. So I will, I will buy all of the ready-made art, all of the stuff that's already been made and then is being sold by somebody. I don't think I you could ever. Commission. No, mm. no. And and I think we need to say here, every time you go to an exhibition, you know, transport the artist, yes. whether you buy their book or the smallest piece might be the absolute best piece. 
in a show. And I bought some really nice acrylic blocks uh, from when the Cessnock Art Gallery was in its heyday. Mm. Loved that place. Bought a heap of stuff up there. But it wasn't always the big pieces. No. But it's even, it's it's sharing, it's following your, your local artist or your local gallery on the socials and sharing exhibitions, rocking up, taking mm. the time out of your weekend mm. or your day to be able to, to be there and have a look at it. Because we live in such a digital age that we kind of go, oh, I'll just, I'll just check it I out on Insta or just online. have a look at it. Yeah, that's right. Whereas There's nothing you, better than being there and talking to the artist though, is there? That's it. No, and, and seeing the, the individual brush strokes or seeing the scale of the work, whether it be big or small or, or that kind of thing, I think that it's really, it's almost something that we need to get back to those basics of, uh, yeah, supporting local artists, encouraging creative people to continue to be creative because especially through COVID, so many of them have, have lost their yeah. their livelihood that it's it's time to get back out there and, and time to, to, to start supporting, again, whether that be financially by buying or just sharing just and liking. Turning up. Yep. Turn up an exhibition. Yeah, exactly. You've exhibited. I have, yes, a couple of times. Yeah, which which was really it was a lot of validation for my photography. So I had shot a series called "Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places," and it was born by a, a late night of drinking, where <laughs> and in conversation on Flickr, where it was around wedding dresses. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I've still got mine here. And again, this was I was separated, if not divorced, at that point in time. <laughs> thought it'd be a really good idea to dig my wedding dress out and have a bit of a, a mess around in it. And it then created this sort of self-portrait series of, uh, you know, all of the crazy, funny, silly places that you might look for love. And and for me, I, I'd shot that for myself. I thought it was very funny, very clever, and never could have imagined that that would have been exhibited anywhere. Mm. And then there was an amazing opportunity through Renew Newcastle when that was a thing. And I was able to to host a, a exhibition there of, of some of my work and of the series. And then fast forward a few years and was actually approached by Cessnock Regional Cessnock Art, Art Gallery, Gallery yeah. to be able to exhibit there. So, mm. uh, and again, I, it was, it exceeded my expectations in terms of what people thought about my art uh, because I, I thought it was a very personal thing and it was, it was kind of nice to think that other people might, might've felt the same way. And in the same way, returning back to your Esme picture, your self-portrait picture and, and maybe why people didn't buy that, I um, I actually sold some pictures of me to people and, and my immediate response was, why would you want a picture of me hanging in your home? Like they were, they were bizarre pictures. I think it was the the one of me in the middle of a field with a stove and I had yes. the wedding dress on and, yeah. and an apron. And uh, it, so it was a very strange image to, mm. to have of someone else hanging in your home. But Yeah, but, you know, what you see in it and what someone else sees in it are totally different. They might have been a stove salesman. <laughs> they might have. Or they might have just gone, that image speaks to me. Or it might have rem- reminded them of Judith Lucy. Like oh, I yeah, the, well, that was in the hardware. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, that, that kind of sums it up really is is if you want to create, if you're a creator, create art for you. And I, th- I think that that way 
And if you're a buyer, buy what you can afford. That's it. Buy what speaks to you. Buy what you love. Instead of feeling like, you know, you have to buy a certain artist's work because they're a certain artist, it's who's who's coming behind them, who's Mm. following them, Mm. who, you know, is the the next great artist of tomorrow and and can you can you get on that that wave of, of new artists. So um, some really great websites, though. I think Blue Thumb is a really great one for original art in Australia. Um, but yeah, check it out. Oh, you can buy original art on Redbubble. That's exactly right. Not Red Tube. No, it's not Red Tube. Not Red to be confused. Bubble. Um, <laughs> even even Threadbare. You know, art doesn't necessarily have to hang on a wall. You can wear it. That's exactly right. Yep. Is it called Threadbare? Is oh, that I'm, what I'm thinking of? I'm not sure. Okay. I'll take your word it's for it. The clothing. Anyway, that's okay. We'll come back to that one. <laughs> so I think we've summed up art, and the value of art is if you're creating it, sell it for what you think people will pay for it, and if you're buying it, buy it for what you can afford, or what you think you want to pay for it. Yeah. So is, is that it? Are we done? I think we're done. Oh, we're done. Mic drop. Nothing oh, further to thank say. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> uh, so we're doing this again next week. We are. Next week's a, a kind of fun one and one that, that you're pretty good at. Oh. <laughs> the panic on your face just... Tripping over and breaking bones was what came to mind. No, it's journaling. journaling yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting stories there. So, look, tune in next week and... Uh, if you're, if you're an artist, throw some art up on our socials. Link Absolutely. us to some photos. Show us your website. That's it. We'll like it. We'll share it. Uh, yeah, hit yeah, us up. Yeah, absolutely. Until next time. It's uh, bye from Lady Naomi. <laughs> Chrissy Marie. Bye. bye.